me, you, and the driver, we gotta get this photo together. We gotta get this selfie. Oh, open it. Have you got a bag? A bag for fucking what? We fucking grocery shopping or something. We doubling up on these bags. I was like, wow. Women are incredible. I've been out here every single weekend since I've been doing this. Picking up people who have had amazing nights. Fuck off, mum. I'm sleeping. I'm staying here. Leave me alone. I mean, I've always said this anyway, that this thing has killed me. But I see I've aged. I look at my beard, mad grey hairs. It is mad. Hi, Andrew. My journey is available for pre-order via my website, andrewmensahjr.com. That's A-N-D-R-E-W-M-E-N-S-A-H-J-R.com. And for more content, follow me on IG and Twitter at andrewmensahjr. That's A-N-D-R-E-W-M-E-N-S-A-H-J-R. Subscribe to the podcast and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Andrew Mensah Jr. Same spelling. Thank you. Story one, education. I thought I'd seen it all working in schools, but working in a secondary school really opened my eyes as to the wider problems in education and society. There were some success stories, don't get me wrong, some amazing things took place in the school, but I worked in behaviour. So, my experience was based on what I saw on a daily basis. I'm not going to document anything specific, but I will say this. On average, I imagine what I saw was mirrored across London. I came across students who couldn't articulate themselves or read or write. And that astonished me. There are some issues that are difficult to manage if you worked in the sector. These range from difficult to sensitive, gang-related, parental, social and more. I will look back and think, I can't believe teachers have to go through this. Unbelievable. I want to take you back to an early passage I wrote. The maintenance staff to senior management are some of the most amazing people we have in the UK. Unsung heroes. I love the education sector. We need to look after our teachers. I want to take you on what will be our first ride and journey of the book, with a teacher and a governor of a school. Unfortunately, I can't remember her name, but we got a name, right? Sandra? Sandra it is. I picked up Sandra by Imperial College, off Exhibition Road. The journey was to Twickenham or Roehampton. It was about 8pm on a weeknight, a school night, to put it right. When Sandra got in the car, she seemed tired, and rightly so. Teachers worked long hours. We exchanged pleasantries and began to ask each other how our days were. She explained she was a teacher, and I informed her of my background. We began to discuss the difficulty for teachers in 2018. The molly coddling, the nanny state, the snowflakes, the bureaucracy. Things that make teaching extremely difficult and prevent teachers from actually teaching. Sandra worked in a private school, and if I'm correct, she wasn't from the UK, but she had experience in teaching in different countries. Remember the recent education bribery scandal in the US? Regarding actress Laurie Lachlan and Felicity Hoffman? If not, look it up. As a point of reference, Laurie Lachlan and Felicity Hoffman were among the 50 people caught up in a scandal where they were making large charitable donations to a fake charity to ensure admission for their children into prestigious schools. As the conversation developed and we exchanged stories, she informed me she has students who do not attend classes. They of course work in exams, and as you'll expect, as a result, they don't do well. Or certainly not as well as the expectations mummy and daddy set out. Sandra would regularly have meetings with the parents of these students, students who had their education paid for, and would demand their child's grade be reviewed and amended. Sorry, changed. It undermines the whole system of a child can voluntarily miss class, fail the class, and then the parents can ask for their child's grade to be reviewed. Sorry, changed. Sandra felt her passion to teach and educate students had been compromised, limited, not by the environment, but by the system. By chance, I met another rider who became a governor at a child's school. Or maybe not. I was given a lift to pick up her children, from school, and after school's club. And we just found ourselves involved in a conversation about her children and the importance of being a parent or guardian to her children and the wider community. 
She felt fortunate to be able to provide her children with wholesome and nutritious meals, clothing, and the chance to experience different things, activities, holidays, and things of this nature. She was very conscious that others didn't. She was grateful her children got the opportunity to socialise with children from all backgrounds, so her children grew up knowing there's no difference between Andrew, who is black, and Drew, who is white. Her family is of Asian descent. For those who've worked in schools, you will know, lunch, for some children, is their main or only meal of the day. This is unfortunate and doesn't give them the best start to their day. It provides a distraction, and as we know, various campaigns have made us aware that school meals are not as nutritious as they could be. So, when the opportunity presented itself to become a governor, she jumped to the chance to be more actively involved in her children's lives, and hopefully contribute to the health of other families. She passionately led her campaign on health and well-being, the advantages and the inequalities many of us fail to see, speaking to the many things I raised, and how a good staple diet will positively impact the school, wider issues and the community. After 12 months working in mainstream education, I was done. I was doing a good job and the school made efforts to re-employ me six months later, but for the first time ever, I felt powerless. I was influencing students, but I felt it just wasn't enough. And to be clear, I think we had a good senior management, but I felt the system was broken. I no longer had the means to support the students. It was affecting my mood and my personal life. I had a good relationship with students, but in periods towards the end of my time there, I noticed a difference in the way I spoke to them. I remember when I decided I was going to leave. I had spoken with a science teacher who convinced me to travel again. After a week of thinking about it, I came back and said, I've made my mind up. I was going to book my tickets for next October, which was in about 11 months' time. She said, what? Anything can happen between now and then. Book it now and go. I'm forever grateful to her, because that night, I went home and booked a trip to Central America for two months. I booked it for the 1st of April 2017, giving myself just over two months to prepare for what was another life-defining trip. I would like to say leaving secondary education was difficult, but it wasn't. I was going to miss the students and the staff, but I needed to start living my life with purpose again. To support that, I made the decision to become a minicab driver via the ride-hailing apps. I was never one for taxis, but I jumped in a few Ubers because of its convenience. When speaking with a few of the drivers, they had told me they were grossing approximately £1,000 per week. I said, what? How do I sign up? Not only would I earn more than I'm earning now, it would allow me time to focus on other endeavours. So I applied for my PCO licence and completed what was a long part of the process, the actual application, my DBS and my medical exams. I felt safe coming back to employment once I returned. My problems arose. But with my trip so soon, travelling and setting off to Central America, that was where my heart and priorities were. 